I can remember fading back into reality and I wasn't quite sure what happened, but as my eyes came back into focus and my hearing cleared, I heard a song. At first I couldn't quite make it out, but then I heard it clear as day and I sat up and realized I was still there. Part of me was happy, part of me was angry. Mostly I was confused, didn't think I was waking up this time. This was the second time I had tried to end it all. And the second time I woke up with the radio playing Dare You To Move. God wasn't done with me yet. While I was going through the ups and downs of teenage life, I hit a low point, really low in my life, where I pushed everything away, including God. Life just wasn't the same anymore, and I was lost, and I was confused. I guess I struggled to see the bigger picture. This brought me to a point in life where I just didn't want to live anymore, and I struggled with depression. Uh, eventually, that's all my life was. I was trying to hide my sadness from everybody, uh, and I looked for ways to cope with it. And somewhere along those lines, I tried to make it all stop. Now, I don't know how it happened twice, but neither attempt worked. And after the second time, it just hit me. I realized there's way more to this life than what is happening right at this moment. And shortly after those events, my church at the time was planning a mission, mission trip. Crazy. I begged my mom to let me go on this trip. I needed to find out what God was trying to tell me. It was an incredible experience. Now after that trip, I still struggled with depression, but I turned towards God for help this time. And he helped me get through it. He helped me get through life and he continues to help me grow. Now I found a church that feels like family every time I walk through those doors. I've joined a growth group now and my relationship with God has grown so much. And honestly, without it, I wouldn't be here today telling you this story. Now to this day, I have only told a select few really good friends of mine this story. And now you all know, because Jesus took my broken story and is transforming it. I know some of you are broken, but there's healing and hope in Jesus. Now I'm Jay, and this is the heart of my story. here at Community of Grace, and I appreciate his courage in sharing that story with you. That's a, a journey in all different kinds of ways that we're going to be taking together this coming January, this next month. We're in a little mini-series together. We're going to be bringing our own brokenness and imperfection and all the many different kinds of ways that it happens in our lives, being honest with ourselves and being honest with God about that and understanding how it is that God brings hope and transformation in the midst of our pain and brokenness. That's what we're going to be doing together in January. I hope you're making plans to be here for that. But today is Christmas, right? It's Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas, y'all. Thank you. That was my Kentucky Merry Christmas greeting. Merry Christmas, y'all. 
Great to be here with you. I want to talk to you about Christmas today. In particular, I want to talk to you about the joy of Christmas, right? It's supposed to be a joyful time. Christmas is supposed to be the most joyful time of the year. And doesn't that always make you feel joyful when you're supposed to feel joyful no matter what, right? I don't know if it works that way. I know, though, that in the Christmas story, that there are like these messengers from God, they call them angels, and they come to shepherds who would have been regarded in their culture as the most unlikely people of all for God to show up to. Don't ever think you're too unlikely for God to come and talk to your heart, all right? The angels, the messengers from God come to the shepherds, and they go, I got good news for you. And not only is it good news, this good news of Jesus, this is good news of great joy. It's supposed to be good news of great joy, not a little joy, great joy. And about nine months before that, right, nine months before that, the angel Gabriel comes to Mary, who's going to be the mother of Jesus. He has an announcement for her. And he says, you're going to be the mother of this child, you're the mother of Jesus. And after she goes, what you talking about? After she talks to them a little bit about that, right, and figures out, then she's full of joy. And she's so joyful, she bursts out in song. You ever been so joyful you burst out in song? Yeah, I haven't either, because I've never been in a musical, but maybe you have. <laughs> and she bursts out in song. This is what she says. My soul magnifies the Lord. God, you are so great. And then she says this, my spirit rejoices. Can you feel, can you imagine, what's it like when your spirit rejoices? Christmas is supposed to make our spirit rejoice. Does it? For you, this Christmas, does it? When I think about Mary and the shepherds and their great joy and their rejoicing spirits, I kind of think about maybe it being something like this. I think that maybe their lives are like this cup right here. And, and maybe their cup is empty, and maybe it's half full. Maybe I don't know what it is. But whatever God does at Christmas, what God does at Christmas, starts to fill their cup, and it just keeps going, and it keeps going, and it goes right on up to overflowing, right? Now, those of you who are parents, I apologize for the stress reaction I just caused in you. Like, I feel it myself, right? But I think it was like that. And when I think about that and I look at that, here's what I think. I think that's awesome for them. Because I'm not, I'm not always like that, okay? I don't always feel like that. The problem for me is that sometimes I get bumped and more splashes out and comes comes out all these different sides. I think I'm not always like that, and I think that at least part of my problem is that I get mixed up on the difference between happiness and joy. I think we get mixed up on that, right? I think we think that joy is maybe like just extreme happiness. I'm very happy. I'm joyful, as if there's a spectrum that we live on, and and there is something over here. It's called sadness, or sorrow, or hurt, or grief, or something like that. But over here is where we want to live. In fact, we're a whole country dedicated to the pursuit of happiness, and we want to be over here, and we'd like to live here. But if we're really lucky, we'll bust through happiness and get over here to joy. That's on the end of the spectrum, right? But I don't actually think that's quite right. I'm learning to think that happiness and joy are two different things. The word happiness comes from the same words, the same group as happenstance, right? Happiness comes from our circumstances. It's what happened to me. And if by happenstance, what happens to me happens to work out happily for me, then I'm happy, right? And if not, I get down here. I get bumped by all these things. 
I run into somebody or I find out that somebody said something not very nice about me and they don't like me and my happiness pours out a little bit. Or it's Christmas and we bought all these shiny things that we wrapped in nice paper and put in bags under the trees, but it's January and the credit card bills are going to come and woo, it pours out right there a little bit farther, right? Or just, you know, stuff doesn't work out that we want it to and we get down here and we spend our lives pursuing happiness and we look for little happiness bumps that will bump our level up, right? More money in the bank account to pay the bills or the right things under the tree or people like us and say nice things about us and everything conspires it happens to make us happy. But that's not the experience that Mary and the shepherds were having. Not everything in their lives was like that. And yet, there was great joy. They were at the place where Mary could say, my spirit rejoices. Where does that come from? Where does the fullness of joy come from? What is it about Christmas that makes that happen when the stuff all around is knocking the cup out? Well, let me tell you what I'm learning. What I'm learning from life with God, what I'm learning from reading the Christmas story is, is a couple things. First, just at one level, I think when I read that story, happiness comes from good. And I don't mean just like the little circumstances that work out that we want, but I mean like genuine good, goodness and rightness in the world. Like in Mary's song, okay, she says, my spirit rejoices. And the things that she's saying after that are like she says, for God is coming in, this, in Jesus, he, and he is filling up the hungry with good things. He's filling up the hungry with good things. That's good, right? I'm like, yeah, spirit rejoices in response to that. He's lifting up the lowly. Yeah, that's great. My spirit rejoices. He's tearing down tyrants and dismantling injustice. Yes, my spirit rejoices in that. Mary says, God in Jesus is keeping his promises. People who've put their faith in him for years from generations past, God is good to his word. He's keeping his promises. That's good, right? And it makes sense that our spirits would rejoice in response to good. And in, a, in kind of a small way, in just one instance, I saw that kind of joy, I think, around this community last week. Some of you were here for a thing we called Serve Day, and we changed our normal schedule on Sunday morning. Instead of all of our services, we gathered together everybody all at one time for a short time together, and then we went out and we worshiped God by serving in all kinds of different ways around our community, and some people stayed here and did stuff for our community. And when I heard back, we had like 30 different service projects that people went out and did in, in groups of different sizes. And when I heard back from people in other projects that I wasn't on and didn't see, it made me joyful, honestly. Like, we sent several groups out, some of our choirs and lots of people just going out and sing Christmas carols out in the community, right? We took the music out. And as one, one of the leaders of the group came back who had gone to a senior's residence and they were in a memory care unit in particular. And he said, you know, we went to this memory care unit and my expectations for what we were gonna experience honestly weren't very high, right? I didn't know what that was gonna be like and how that was gonna go. And we kind of all got there and got through the coded door and all gathered up and we were gonna sing and like a big fraction of the people we were gonna sing to were sleeping, right? And so I didn't know what was gonna, how it was gonna happen. And then we started to sing Silent Night and we started to sing Joy to the World and people's heads lifted up and their eyes lifted up and you could see their spirits lifting up and it was good, and they blessed one another, and there was joy in people not forgetting each other or leaving one another to the side, but celebrating the joy of Christmas together. 
And there were people who went out and they bought birthday gifts for the orphans that we know in Haiti, and they put together baking kits for the White Bear Lake Area Emergency Food Shelf. One group put together car kits. I didn't know until we were doing it what the car kits were or what they were for. They were putting together car kits with food and other supplies to be distributed through another partner of ours, the Community Resource Center, to be distributed to people who are living in their cars because they don't have houses. They put this together for people, right? And I was hearing about these acts of goodness, and it made my spirit rejoice. And I wanted you all to be able to see some of this because just like me, maybe you, you couldn't be on every project and maybe you couldn't be here last week. But so our team put together some pictures and some video so we could all just kind of share in the joy of that together. Could we run, run some pictures? Can we run that video for everybody, please? That's just good, right? Thank you all. If you were able to be a part of that, thanks for being part of that, for being a community of grace here in our community. Brings me joy. 
And yet Mary didn't say, my spirit rejoices in good. What she said was, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. And that's good, because <laughs> it's not always good, right? There's plenty of not good going around. There's a whole lot of not good. She said, my spirit rejoices in God, and it's not always good. You know who said recently that it's not good in a really powerful and clear way recently? I bet some of you heard this too. And this person said it just in the last couple of weeks in a way that, honest to goodness, stabbed me in the heart about a week and a half ago. There was this video that went viral, and I know, I bet a lot of you saw this too. It was a little cell phone video that a mom recorded of her son in the passenger seat of her car. He came back from school. I think she was picking him up from school, and he'd been bullied at school. His name was Keaton Jones. I don't really know how old he was. He looked 10, 12 years old to me or so. My son's 11, so I got a finely tuned antenna for that age. He's somewhere right around there. And, oh, man, she must have asked him, like, like what happened during your day and, and how did you feel? And he began to tell about it. And he talked about, if you saw this, he talked about through tears. It's like a minute and a half long. Like the names that people had called him during the day and what they told him about the appearance of his face and his lack of friends and what they did to him in the lunchroom. And I'm not gonna show you the video because I can't do that to you without asking your permission first. It just wrecked me when I saw it. I was so upset. And I, I'm, I'm not this kind of person, I don't do this, I don't react this way, but I was in my office. It was early one morning about a week and a half ago. I had done, I had a kind of little prayer time and then I was checking my news feed and this popped up. And I just, as I was watching this, I, I pounded my fist on my desk. I was so just tore up about this. And the thing he said that I'm talking about right now, he said a lot of important things. But through tears, this boy said, he said, it's not okay. It's not okay to act like that. It's not okay to do that to people, right? It's not okay. And I heard him say that, and I'm in my office. I'm like, preach, Keaton. <laughs> it's not okay. There's a whole lot of not okay. It's not just him. There's a whole lot of not good. And where's the joy when it's not good? When our hearts are broken and our souls are fed up and tired and we hurt. Where's the joy? Where's that then? And this year, I saw a painting of the nativity that I'd never seen before. It might have been painted this year. I'm not sure. It's a contemporary painting of the nativity. I corresponded with the artist of this painting to get a digital image of it so that I could show it to you here at Christmas this is a, a contemporized version of the nativity. Jesus in this painting is not born in a stable in Bethlehem. Instead, it's represented as a corrugated cardboard lean-to shelter next to a dumpster behind a big box superstore, right? And there's two things about this painting that really grabbed me. And the first one is that nobody, none of the characters in the painting have noticed him there. They don't see him. They're also distracted by the shiny, glittery things in the store. They're also obsessed with the pursuit of happiness bumps that they miss the joy, that they miss the good news of great joy that makes our spirit rejoice. And I recognize myself, and maybe a lot of us do, in those people. And the other thing I love about this painting is the light in the shelter. It's like the brightest spot of light, brighter even than the sign up above. It's the brightest paint, the brightest light in the whole painting. It's the light that shines in the darkness that no darkness can overcome. When the angel came, not only to the shepherds, not only to Mary, but the angel Gabriel came to Joseph, who was Mary's fiance, and he told Joseph that Mary was going to have this child. 
and that this child would be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. And friends, that doesn't just mean God with us in the shiny, happy places. It doesn't just mean God with us in the happy, clappy places and all the glitter and everything that distracts our attention. It means God with us especially, most especially in the dark places, in the lonely places, in the wounded places, in the forgotten places, in our hearts and souls, and the forgotten places of our world. And I would like to ask you to consider your own life right now, your relationships, your circumstances, and ask you, is there something in your life that is represented by that cardboard box over there that everybody else seems to have forgotten? And it's the weary place, and it's the forgotten place. And it may be that at this season of your life, you've got something like that. And it may be that in this season of your life, in this season of our life in our world, that maybe it feels to you like your whole life is represented by that. To whatever degree you've got that in your life, please allow me here at Christmas to bring you good news of great joy that Jesus is Emmanuel, which means God with us in those places. He is there with us, God with us. That's where Christ is born, right? And not only was he born in that, but he lived in that. The baby grew up, right? He became a man. And he was born in this, he lived in it, he came to bring light into the dark places, to heal the sick, to give sight to the blind, to bind up the brokenhearted, to bring good news to the poor. And for that, they killed him. He was born in it, he lived in it, he died in it. Three days later, he got up from the dead because his light is inextinguishable. His love is unstoppable, his joy is unkillable. And I would like to tell you that because of Christmas, it does not matter what's on the outside of your cup. Jesus comes to bring the fullness of joy to you, to the inside of you and into the inside of us, no matter what's happening on the outside. There is healing and hope and the fullness of joy. And I would like to ask you whether you believe that or not. Do you trust that for yourself? Do you trust that for the community that you're a part of? This isn't just some philosophy. It's not like some idea, some way of thinking that will make your emotions more stable. It's a happy way, a positive way of thinking. I believe this is the truth. That this is the truth about who God actually is. That this is the truth about what God has done in our world. That he has become God with us. God's love was so uncontainable, his love so immeasurable, that he would not be contained behind the walls of heaven, but flowed over those walls into our lives for the sake of this world and for the sake of you. I think God wants this for you. And I think he wants this for us. And he comes to make it true. Christ the Lord was born for this. He came to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found, and sometimes it's found pretty far, but his love is found further than that. I'd like to invite you to listen and experience the spirit of Jesus who is with us still. He came to be God with us, and then he didn't leave and go, good luck for the rest of your life. He said, I am with you always to the very end of the age, and he's with us still. And I'd like to invite you this Christmas. You, you've spent so much time building up to Christmas. It's been a marathon, the wrapping and the shopping and the parties and the spread. It's been everything. What comes after Christmas? I believe this comes after Christmas. Jesus came to give us this life. And not only does he offer you this, the fullness of hope and joy on the inside, no matter what's available on the outside, but he doesn't want us to keep it for ourselves. He came so that it would keep on flowing, so it would keep overflowing, so it would be, it's not gonna spill, I promise, so that he would do this for everybody, right? So that as he is the God of Christmas, so that we would become the people of Christmas. And as Jesus says to your heart, come, follow me, I pray that you take him up on that invitation 
and trust him because he is good. And he will send you and send us out to be Christmas people, to follow Jesus where he leads us into the dark places, the wounded places, the dry places, the forgotten places of the world, to be, as he said we would be, a light to the world in him. And I want to leave you with a, a Christmas gift here. Our worship leader, Dan Lugo, wrote a song a few weeks ago that we used on Sunday earlier this month. And it's such a beautiful song, and it spoke to my heart in such a way that I asked Dan if he would bring it back for you on Christmas. And as you listen to these words, I ask you, please, listen to God speaking to your heart. We spend a lot of time waiting for everything to work out for us, when maybe, in fact, what we've been waiting for has been right in front of us this whole time, waiting for the fullness of hope that God has brought us in Jesus, who shines light in the darkest places. Amen.